We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody to another edition, not just any other edition, but the 500th edition of the Rockpile Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill's season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. In studio with us, Mr. Ryan Lacell of Rock Sports Network. And guys, we've officially reached the half century mark. First of all, cheers around. Toast. Right. Oh, I've got. You know what? Let's raise. Let's raise a shot. I've got like multiples in front of me here because it's five hundred. So we got to do. Let's raise a shot. First of all, all right, the shot. A shot of what do we got here? Crossed water, bourbon whiskey, sent to us by Vince from Lackawanna. Guys, cheers to five hundred. Cheers to five hundred. Cheers to Vince. Cheers for the bottle. It's not bad. Smooth. I like that. I like it. Now what I did in front of you, you guys got coupe glasses. I've got a Nick and Nora over here. I took that whiskey and I made a lion's tail. Something we're gonna do throughout the off season, I'm gonna make Drew a cocktail every so, podcast. So I think it's fair. What's a what's a lion's tail for those who don't know? Because I know Drew doesn't. No. So what's a lion's tail? A lion's tail contains bourbon, allspice dram, lime, demerara syrup. And Angostura bitters. Okay. Guys, is that what you have in your glass, you too? Yes. Do you, do you have a video of this? Yes. Because I want the video of Drew holding this glass. Yeah, this, it makes me feel yeah. like, I'm not going to lie, I feel like I feel a little fruity. We are recording. I, I, like I feel like 
just lifting this glass, I feel like my pants got shorter and I developed Well, that, that and just the, the, the vision of a man with the appendages and mannerisms of <laughs> a primate I should holding, be holding a glass a... like this is, is quite, quite good. Guys, cheers. Cheers. Let's, let's taste this lion's tail. Hey, cheers to you guys for 500. Congratulations. Absolutely delicious. I hate allspice. That's actually really good. That cocktail has some. It's it's spicy, but it's smooth. It's kind of yeah. It's got like a like a spice front, but then you get the bourbon kind of on the back of well, it. Well, I think it's the lime that smooths everything out. Yeah. Usually when look you look at you, well, look at you, Chris Krueger. Usually when you are making a bourbon cocktail and you're adding in a citrus, it's usually going to be uh, lemon and not lime. This is a one of the few bourbon cocktails that exist that have lime in it. Do you see how civilized we've become over eight years of podcasting? Chris, it's been 500 shows, 700-something hours, spanning eight years of Bill's football. Uh, Chris, do you know or can you get together by the end of this podcast what our eight-year running beer watch totals been? I can 100% figure that out. You do that Well, I'll uh, listen. Just quietly over there while you're producing, get me what the total is. I think back to the days when this thing started. Ryan, Chris used to put his entire desktop PC into a duffel bag, along with monitors, and drag it all over to my shithole apartment down the street from a police station that was way too close to not bother us. There was constantly sirens in the background. Did you ever think, Chris, that we'd be here in a studio like this? No, right. When did what year did you start listening to our podcast? So uh, it would have been, I mean, probably pretty close to the start because I, I mean, Icy and I, we started doing our show for Fanatics. It would have been about 2014, um, and then 20 about it was about 2015 when we got connected with Gary uh, over at Rock Sports Network and started doing the live show, the live TV show, and. Started looking for collaborators, and I said, hey, this guy's got a face for television. <laughs> so, you know, and I, I enjoyed the, the show, and it was, uh, it was the training camp special. Yep. Right? We, were, we were credentialed at training camp, which was yep. a huge deal for non-known oh, content yeah. guys, right? Like, we were the random first Random asshole yeah, number ran- three. Random jerk-off who doesn't know where to go, doesn't know where to park. Like, get- what do you mean I get special parking for being yeah, media? Like, wait, wait, what? I don't have to ride the shuttle bus at St. John Fisher? I've yeah. told the story before about me getting lost in the tunnel with and running into Brand- uh, running into Russ Brandon, just all disheveled during that 2017 uh, first red and blue scrimmage, the blue and red scrimmage. It was a disaster operationally because of the weather and everything that they rolled in that they didn't expect. I talked about what that was and what it was like to just be like, I'm not a media member. I don't know how to handle this. This is awkward. It's like when dad throws a dinner plate at the table and you're like, I just need to get out of yeah. here. I need to leave. But it was, Yeah, but so it was that summer. Um, I remember really distinctly that we, we lined up James Wilder. Yep. Was who was going to be on the show with us, right? After training camp, Pittsburgh Pub. Spencer German was out there. Cam Boone. We were, you know, kind of had gotten connected with those guys. And I said, hey, this is a big deal, right? We got a player. This is a big deal for us because we've been doing this for a little bit. But now it's kind of validation point. I'm going to reach out to these guys. I like Drew. I like Chris. They have a great show going on. They have a good banter. See if they want to drive all the way out to Pittsburgh. You know what's hilarious? that You, you were thinking in your head, I like Drew. I like Chris. This is going to be fun. 
Chris, what did I say to you when we pulled into the Pittsburgh pub parking lot? I'm going to fight this guy, Ryan. <laughs> I go, I go. keep an he eye on me. He came looking for a rumble. I go, keep an eye on me, because before the night's over, I think I'm going to fight this guy. And then I think it's, it's worth pointing out, our first interaction was, <laughs> I remember, you guys pulled around in your truck. Yep. And there was no parking anywhere. And I think my first interaction with you was, hey, uh, there's parking in the back. Like, go around here, ignore the signs. Like, that's where I'm parked. Go ahead and park over there. And I remember you telling me later on after going, that was the first thing that you ever said to me in person. Damn it. I hated that I liked you. Well, that's it. I was like, <laughs> he's being very helpful. And I hate it. Do you want Cheers. the number? What's the number? How about guesses at what it could be? Um, well, so I figure we run about 300 to... It's is this se- all eight years? How, long, how many years? Seven, six, six, seven seasons. So from the 16th season, <coughs> where Drew got it right at 269, was his guess. Um, I did erase the board, but we still have not had a DM from at Food Stamp Killer. I'll just reach out to him and be like, hey, I, asshole, well, what do you want? I, I didn't want to... I didn't, From one asshole to another, you won. I didn't want to ruin, ruin it for him. I figured let him listen, and then he can DM us, and that way he finds out instead of me or you DMing him. You reached reach his breaking point. He's finally done with you guys. At the worst be. possible time, because now we won something. Seven, all right. <laughs> Seven seasons. Any guesses? I'm going to say if we did 300 this year, and you're talking about 700. Uh, seven seasons... We did 3.30 this year, and it was kind of a tame year because Chris doesn't drink the way he used to. I'm going to say 3 times 7 is 21. I'm going to say we did about 2,200. Ryan, do you have I'm a guess? Say, I'm going to say 2,201. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> you're going to price this right, me, you bastard? 2,067 beers. Wow. Lower than I expected. Yes. I thought for sure you guys would have hit the 300, 300 a year average. Yeah, well, 300, 300, 300 average gets you gets you to the Hall of Fame. But last year, because I was wor- we did it Tuesdays, and I was working Tuesday night, so I didn't take ah, part. Gotcha. Drew had two hundred nine last year. Here's what I love: neither of us are still single and jaded. <laughs> neither one of us are still single and jaded. It's, in fact, it's funny. I was talking to my wife at dinner last night. I was just explaining to her like, "Hey, it's our five hundredth show." And she's like, yeah, Chris didn't reach out to me to do another weird recording. Like, you did, <laughs> and she did. Chris, that was actually really funny. I reached out to Chris in the days leading up to the podcast, and I go, we should have people record derogatory stuff about us and then send it in. And he texts me back. He goes, I hate that your brain comedically works the same way mine does because I already did it. That's <laughs> like, you bastard. I love it. But so I, like, I'm talking to her about it, and I go, we started dating this summer. We started the podcast. That's how long we've been together. And she got this almost like distant look in her eyes. And she goes, holy shit, it's been almost a decade. <laughs> and like, I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing. I mean, I guess time really flies when you're having fun. <laughs> but- or, or it really drags. Or she's thinking, God, it's only been eight years. It's only been eight years. It feels like forever. Does the quick math on how many more she has. Like... Either she's really just having a good time and the time has just flown by, 
Or she's just waiting for that ine- almost inevitable life insurance invoking incident. Like, she's like, if I just hang out here long enough, I mean, look at the guy. It's like arguing about like if you fall down the stairs or something and she gasps, arguing later about was she gasping, thinking about how much her life insurance policy is or whether you're actually hurt. Yeah. Like, what's the gasp? Is it an excited gasp or a worried gasp? My dad might get a laugh out of this. There was a moment he was up on the ladder. Growing up, we had a rotary antenna. We didn't have satellite yeah. TV out in yeah. fucking North Collins. We had a rotary antenna. And my dad was on this big ladder fixing it. And my mom was taking groceries in the house. And I'm holding the bottom of the ladder. And, like, it was it was windy out. And, like, the ladder was still kind of, even though I'm trying to hold it, like, you're going up two and a half stories. Yeah. It's, it's, it's high. And so my mom just casually walked by and she looked up and she was like, it's almost half a million dollars if he falls off that thing. <laughs> And I just looked at him and I was like, she knows the number. <laughs> she knows what it is. Be careful up there. Stop it. Stop dicking around up there. She has it up for Like, sometimes I, I, I tell my wife that story and I go, listen, I'm on to you. But also, I've had a good run. Yeah. Like, if I don't have to get up for work tomorrow, like, or ever again, I guess. Like, if that's how it's got to go. Yeah. Eh. I will say this, Chris. Tell me that one of the most impressive things about our show hasn't been the support of our listeners. Yeah. It's It's incredible the way this thing has grown and the fact that the people who embrace us embrace us the way that they do. Yeah. Can we... Do you want to break the fourth wall? Yeah. How many times do we hear from other people that we collab with in this content space... And we were like, oh, yeah, some listener brought me a bottle of Whistlepig Farmstock Rye. Or, and, it, it, you know, oh, oh, how does, what? We're a man of the people. Well, the, the we're out is, there at the tailgates. But my people whole thing come, is, come tailgate, bring us gifts, which I, we I guess my thing is, very much appreciate. I watch what people do. Like, guys, if you're watching this right, right now, this video is being like it's streaming. Well, it's not streaming. streaming it's, but we it's are. Gonna be, it's going to be on YouTube, allegedly. allegedly. As long as long as, why, as, no, uh, as, as, long as there's no. That's why Chris is the tech guy. This is Chris <laughs> the tech yeah. guy. This is Chris's dry run. He's going to put some of this on YouTube. Here's the thing: I watch some of you guys on Streamyard. I watch some of you guys on YouTube. Some of you pay real American dollars to ask these guys questions. I'll tell you what. I do. Yeah, you're well only when it comes to being able to throw shade at me while I'm on a show. Yeah. Ryan, remember that? I, uh, Who led Harambe on here? <laughs> <laughs> so I I guess I just look at this and I go, I don't need that. And I don't want that. What I want is I'm gonna record something, I'm gonna record my thoughts. I think I'm I think I have something to say. If anybody if it resonates with somebody else, or if they enjoy it enough that they wanna come see it, well, great, wonderful. I love it. To pay to ask questions, you don't need to do that. You can come see me anywhere. You can come hang out at my house. I'll let you. Drew's, Drew's he, always looking for a good argument. Hugo comes from out of the out of out of the country. He comes over. My wife's met him once at a tailgate, and the next night I'm like, "Honey, Hugo's sleeping in her house." She goes, "So there's a foreign national sleeping <laughs> in her house that I've known for less than 48 hours." I go, "Yeah, it's weird how that happens, right?" It's funny how that happens. You knew what you were getting into when you married me. Well, that's it. I go, you know what what it is. It's a ride. So with that in mind, I love you guys. And I love the fact that you all embrace us the way that you do. 
the fact that you show up, the fact that you come to our tailgates, because that's it. You want to get to know us? You don't need some live chat where you pay money to ask me questions about some positional bullshit or whatever. You come to the mud You can come here and I'll give you a beer and we can hang out together and get to know each other and talk shit. Like Paul Mitchell, Oliver, Terry, guys from the UK came over. Hugo comes over now. Hugo's like, Hugo's one of our crew now, Chris. Yeah. Like, like he is now. And, and these guys are all working their way there. You got domestic guys like Trevor Maloney, Jake, Josh, Vince, dozens of other people who travel. Yulberg. Yulberg, who travel from all over the U.S. just to hang out. Again, wild. Yulberg sleeping on an air mattress in my basement when he has a perfectly good Airbnb. Because I'm like, listen, I will fight you all night about football topics, give you a bunch of whiskey, and let you sleep in my basement. <laughs> of course I will. And that's the thing. Like, when, when I run into these people, like, I don't know. Those interactions might seem like throwaway non sequiturs to you, but they genuinely mean the world to me personally. I'm glad I get to play a role in other people's enjoyment of this thing that is like we all get to go. Ryan, you're a season ticket holder. Yeah, you get to go to the games every week. You see, you see your family. You you guys do like a family tailgate. Yeah, but that's important to you Mm -hmm. to get to see those people every week, and you know that win or lose, that tailgate played a big role in how the day went. Chris, we sat here last week with Iman and talked about that dynamic. Yeah. I'm glad that our listeners in mass come out to see us at these things because I get to share a little bit of what I love with them. Not just this podcast, but in person, get to drink beers and talk to them and get to, they get to know me. I get to know them. I don't know. I love that. People, Paul Mitchell, Kyle Williams, I, I, Kyle Washington, Kyle Williams. He's built like Kyle Williams. You got Kyle Kyle Washington. Williams. He is. He's built like Kyle Williams. If Kyle Williams was not an athlete, <laughs> Kyle, I love you, buddy. You know that. The night of the Ravens game, twenty twenty, the one you were at. Yeah. That pop when Teron Johnson scored the touchdown. So when that happened, Paul Mitchell from the UK just randomly FaceTimes me, and I had so look. We're all just losing our shit collectively together, and then later that night. Kyle Washington's in his bathroom smoking a cigar and FaceTimes me, and he and I were on the on the phone for almost an hour and a half, hammered, just jabbering at each other. My wife's like, what, what the fuck are you two rambling about? We don't know anymore, honey. We're just having a good time. I love this. Like, I don't know. There's people who've been to my home, who have now met my family, have become legitimate family friends instead of just acquaintances and people who listen to a podcast. And... There's just an incredible level of generosity that you guys have all shown us over the years. Like beers from all over the country that you send us or bring to our tailgates. Terry and Oliver brought some from I thought it was weird that they they said that oh we just beer is like drank at like room temperature in England. But it is. And the thing That's is when you drink wild but me. when you drink those beers at fifty degrees, you understand what it is. Now and this is what I what I think is crazy. Alex Wormall sent me a book about beer science and just like the history of beer. And so he mails this to me from the UK from Ramsbottom, which 
you almost think is like a made up. That's like, hilarious. Th- that's a Harry Potter thing. That doesn't actually exist. Butts he's, will never not be funny. He, well, right. He <laughs> sends me this these books and I'm reading through them and I'm thinking I'm learning all about why they're made that way and why they're served that way. And the reality is, is that like one of those beers at room temperature was actually really delicious, more so than a cold Miller Lite. Yes, they're brewed specifically to be drank that way. And it it opens your eyes to the fact that maybe I need to stop being such a bigot about warm beer. Like, oh, my God, you can't drink that. It's piss warm. No, maybe it's meant to be that way. Maybe you should give it a chance. Yeah, it's opened my horizons to things. And I get that because of you guys. Uh, what Rhodes. Every time Rhodes is in town, he's like, hey, I got a new moonshine. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude, why aren't you on the TV show? <laughs> yeah. Look, you're, you're, you, what he's creating has to be better than what they're pumping out. Has to be. I, I don't know. And then, like, here's a perfect example. So the bourbon we're drinking tonight, Crosswater. Now, this is the, can you pronounce this right? Esquib- I think, I think there is a pronunciation. There's a pronunciation underneath it. You see pronunciation at the bottom of the bottle? No, I don't see it. I don't see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Esquiba. Esquiba? Esquiba. Thank you. We needed someone. Okay. We needed somebody with an education to pronounce it for (laughs) us. So this is it. He's one of the first listeners to our podcast back in our infancy. And he admitted, he goes, I listened to you at first. It was terrible. And then I, I checked out and I came back later. You guys had gotten back. He was the first one to ever send us an email. Who was the, well, who was the guy, for, I can't remember his name, from Australia? Swenson. No, not Swenson. There was somebody else that came to a tailgate and said, I listened. I miss Swenson. I listened to your podcast to start and it sucked. And then I came back and you guys are better. Yeah. And I, I can't remember the guy's name. He was from Australia. And. Yeah, we're like okay, we get we we know we sucked in 2015 and 16. Uh, well, here's what I love about just this season in particular. He he he's been to our tailgates before, but this year he brought his wife Heidi for the first time, and it was her first regular season NFL football game. It was the first time she'd ever gotten a tailgate, and I I was proud of that. Of all places that they could have gone, they came and shared that with us, Vince. You're incredibly thoughtful. And just the fact that you're always in touch with us and you're always in contact with us, you're always emailing, we tweet, you show up at least once a year. I, I get to see you and I, I, when I see you, what I think about is like, this is a guy who has no business giving a fuck about what I do here. And yet you like us for what we produce. And then when you meet us in person, it's the same. Like we all have fun together and you guys don't feel out of place being around us, even though you don't know us that well. That's what we try to cultivate. That's the vibe of our show. It's the vibe of what we do at the tailgate. It's who we are. And I'm incredibly thankful that I can call you a friend and that you introduced us to Jake and that I can call Jake a friend and that we have this thing that we've cultivated over years of this. I don't know. I just like this is just a point in place of. And then he mails us. He pays to have us shipped a bottle of liquor. And he's just like, oh, well, I thought you guys might enjoy it. And I go, dude, you don't have to do that. You don't have to. I like it because that bottle cannot be found anywhere in the Buffalo market. No. I'm just incredibly grateful to all of you 
Vince, thank you for the bourbon. Hey, guys, raise a glass to Vince. Vince from Lackawanna. With the bourbon, the lion's tail. How is it evolving? Look, how, are, you on, are you on video? Yes. How, how he's holding that glass. I do you, mean, just, do you <laughs> see? Look, I want to note a, it. A you, class. I want to note that you, he's holding it like a fancy Do you lad. see? We have... This camera is on you and Drew. Okay. This camera is on me. Okay, I gotcha. Because I can't have any ugliness on my camera. Mm. It has bourbon, to be just me. incredibly smooth. And I'll tell you what, from just the shot, that bourbon is nice. Mm. It is a nice, clean finish. It's it's light on the palate, too, when it hits. Yeah. Like, Vince, I very much appreciate you. I appreciate all of you guys. Now, you guys support all of our shenanigans. It's the reason we're here. Now, Chris, we've spent a lot of time in this studio. Well, since last April. And we've spent a lot of time together behind microphones. Yeah. Ryan has seen the evolution of it. What is your favorite thing that we still fight about? God. The... (laughs) We're like an old married couple at this point. What's your favorite thing we fight about? The acquisition of a guest. Is the, like, Ryan, I wish uh, you could read our DM, like, and this is specifically with people that haven't been on the show or maybe have been on the show once, so this excludes people like Schofield, Brett, EJ, yourself. I'll see Drew DM somebody, because Drew and I share the account at Rockpile Report on Twitter. I'll see him DM someone. To come on the podcast. And Drew will tell them, hey, pod, do a podcast. want you to come on, talk about X, Y, and Z. And then they go, okay, yeah, that works. Then they start talking about X, Y, and Z within the DMs. And then there's no date set up, no information given, <laughs> method of connecting, whether it's Skype, it's Zoom, Google Meet, date, time, none of that until within 48 hours, which for me is just highly unprofessional that you do that shit and it, and it bothers me. You know who, you know, let's, to run this back, who is responsible for the getting on the show? Matt Waldman. That's you. It's me. I email, I have his yep. email. I email him. I work all that out. The one time that Drew just Dennis Rodman me and just boxed in <laughs> and just I had everything set up with Waldman. This might have been two years ago. He just emailed Walt like we Waldman and I had everything set up. And then Drew's like, no, 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 we're getting Waldman at six PM or whatever. I'm like, no, he, we're doing them at like 9.30 later. 6 p.m. rolls around. I Skype Matt Waldman. I think we're using Skype. As a, Skype Matt Waldman. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> 9.30, Matt Waldman's there. Skype him, no issues, do the podcast. It's all ruined because Drew tried to body, body himself in because as you've, uh, I don't know how much radio you've never worked in radio no 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 so like when it comes to getting guests it's the producer producer gets the guests when i was on (laughs) 790 the zone as an intern those are the people that made for those that don't know 790 the zone was a station in atlanta that 
in the late 90s was at its peak, and then that shit just fucking... Well, they made no fun of Steve Gleason. Yes. You can't make fun yes, of Yes, that was their downfall. They made, fun, they made fun of Steve Gleason having ALS. I mean, you could have maybe before the diagnosis, but not after. No, it was just after. Everyone, everyone got fired. So Everyone got fired. Working with, with the morning show, watching the producer of the morning show... Who Adam Klug, who's a fucking dickhead. <laughs> I he's I, th- I thought you were I, gonna be nice to him. No, like, oh, I no, he I was learned so much from him. I'm not I'm not Adam Klug, I believe up until Doug Gottlieb went to Fox and he used to be on CBS. At CBS, Adam Klug was Gottlieb's producer. Gottlieb's an asshole too, so Yeah, bad. well Klug only got the job of producer for uh, Mayhem and AM. That was the name of the show. That was like the the drive time show, drive morning drive show. That was the A one A for the station. And just because people quit repetitively over the course of a couple weeks is the only reason he got that fucking gig. And just watching him work, like he booked all the guests, and he would tell the host, "Hey, we've got." Cal Ripken is in studio for the nine o'clock hour, the last hour, or this is my only claim to fame on Mayhem. Well, I have two claim to fames with Mayhem and the AM at 790 The Zone in Atlanta. So I, as an intern, I had to go downstairs to get David Putty, who was <laughs> in studio. I was The eight ball says yes. Yes. I had to go down to the lobby to get because he was in like the seven o'clock hour so we're in an office building it's it's not open yet for the whole building so i had to go down with the producer's key card and bring up david putty to be on the show for the seven o'clock hour and then my other one was uh mike bell did a bit because uh there was there was some something in atlanta where Somebody was somebody was doing dental work out of their apartment. Oh Jesus! So we did a we did a See, bit, and I was I was this is high end radio, shock jock radio, yeah, yeah. Shock, shock jock. So I was in the background screaming. Okay. Those are my only two claims to fame with right. with radio, but and so, and that's why you all are that to a piece say, of he's shit. a professional, yeah. sir. No, what? that's why you're a piece of shit. When it comes to getting guests hey, that have never been on the show, I love the fact that you get to air that publicly. Cheers. I'll raise a glass. And now, to he, it. now he sips it. Yeah. Now he sips daintily. <laughs> he sips the glass. <laughs> mm. We'll all drink. Yeah. So you're talking about getting guests. Favorite guests of the last 500 podcasts. Now, Ryan, you're a listener. You listen to our show. Who's been one of your favorite guests on our podcast for the last eight years? Um, it's funny because I, I don't remember his name. Uh, Mario Granada. No, you're. Uh, <laughs> no. you're... <laughs> awesome. Your uh, your your Patriots correspondent there, Mike Debate. Yeah, is he the one that does the AFC round yep. round table? Yeah, uh, him. I enjoy him. He's 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 a- he, he's, he, he's very. Uh, <laughs> He does a good job of being self-deprecating about being on a Bills podcast as a Patriots fan. Like yep. he, he understands the assignment. That's that's it. Like that's I mean, I like I like all the guys. I learn a ton. Um, <laughs> which, no offense, I don't tune into your show to learn stuff. 
Uh, but I do learn a lot when I listen to like your draft shows with like Schofield and Geary yeah, and Waltman we, and those guys. Oh, we're going to talk about that. But in a I don't. Minute. I don't. You know, I don't. That's not the type of content that I consume. Like I'm a big Dan Lebetard fan. I don't listen to this yes. stuff to learn things. I listen to have fun and laugh. I came here to have a good stuff. time. Yeah, sir. Yeah, like the hell with them. I mean, we're you know we're all drinking you know plenty of booze and and stuff. So. You know, I've got more. I've got. A, I brought a whole twelve pack. So we're 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 through. You know, you and I are are got like five left between the two of us. If you want, feel that. So I've been leaving wounded yeah, soldiers see. all over this table all night because <laughs> I don't want to finish it. Because I'm like, if this taste is bad, I wonder what the ass tastes like. <laughs> so some of the like, if you had to name a guest or two who you who have been memorable over the last few years, I, it's always memorable to me when you guys have Reed on. Reed's a Reed's a really a really good guest. Reed's hilarious because we used to do shows. Chris. Yeah. We're all about honesty. South Buffalo when uh, <laughs> this was seven. Oh, wait. Now you're willing to call it South Buffalo now that you live in fancy Chictawaga. He, before, is, before I do not he live maintained, in. He goes, it was West Seneca. <laughs> he goes, listen, I'm right on the West Seneca, South Buffalo border. You can't call it South We're Buffalo. We're currently in West Seneca right now. We are not in the poor section of Cheektowaga. Yeah, well, I am in the Orchard Park section of West Seneca, so you can kiss my ass. But also, uh, <laughs> also, Reed used to live with Chris, and he would sit at the table and quietly eat bowls of whatever Wegmans fucking microwavable <laughs> dinner he hey, could get. Because Reed you couldn't. You don't need to say Wegmans. Reed listen, still Wegmans, can't cook. Wegmans is a national treasure, sir. Here's what I'll say. As much as Mark Smith may disagree, Reed name, Ferguson, name drop. Yeah, yes. Reed Ferguson still can't cook. I maintain this. Because I, he owns a Traeger? I, he owns a Traeger. I will outsmoke him on a Weber kettle. I... I could I could cook circles around this guy, but also I'm a decade older than him, and I'm constantly reminded about that. And I think back to our early podcasts. Chris and I would be sitting there just obliterating, just obliterating Rex Ryan. And there's Reed just kind of in the kitchen eating his microwaved Wegman's mac and cheese, and he's like, "Don't say I'm here." <laughs> He's like, I'm I don't want the, to get cut. Well, he's like, I'm on the practice squad. My grip is very tenuous. Because Rex Ryan seems like a vindictive person. And, who now, he's cut been him. Te- and yeah. now he's been a team captain. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're talking team captain. But it was just funny how that all evolved. And so there's a reason he sounds so comfortable when he comes in the studio and hangs out with us. Because we've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. A longer than anybody realizes. Chris, who is your favorite guest? Or at least one of them. I'm going to go with... Who's one of your favorite guests to get on? I'm going with Brett Coleman. Brett Coleman's always fun. Because we were early on Brett Coleman. Oh, before he, and by before early, he took off. By early, by early, I want to say by early, I mean me. Yes. This is another Chris. Th- there's a... Chris landed a rising star. Yeah. I... This is... As a professional booker should... Yes, this is. I was trying. I was on YallTube researching stuff for the 2018 draft, and I came across one of Brett's videos that had to do with Tremaine Edmonds, and I listened to it, and I was like, "Well, this what he says here sounds like it could be an intro to the show." So I ripped the audio, sent it to Drew, and, and because I'm not that smart with football. I think my email stated, this sounds smart. 
can you confirm? And he was like, yeah. And then Drew does this thing. We, t- we talked about this like a couple weeks ago. Drew does this thing where I did this legwork, found this audio. Drew said, let's use it. And then I messaged the guy and said, hey, is it okay if I use a clip of the audio to intro my podcast? Because we're Bill's podcast. We just drafted Tremaine Edmonds. So... And he was like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Use use the audio all you want. And then it became a thing where, like, Drew was like, oh, yeah, I found when when I saw that <laughs> Tremaine Edmonds video that Brett did. I saw it. You think you're I mad? saw it. You think you're <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> you think you're mad. Think about my wife. She goes, hey, honey. I Yeah, it's commercial. No, no, no. Do you want to hear? This is a real story. Did this happen, like, this week? No, but, it, like, <laughs> listen, it tracks because we're going to go this week. So... My wife, like, here I am, I'm sitting around, it's Christmas, and I go, shit, Christmas is getting close. I need to go get my wife a Christmas present. Oh, I don't know I don't know what to get her. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I know. This Dow Sushi place, it's someplace she's never been. It, she loves sushi. I'm going to go there. I'm going to get her a gift card. Like, a, I'll get her a sizable one so we can go have a nice night out, just the two of us, a lot of cocktails, a lot of just hanging out. It's going to be fun. I go. I get it. I give it to her for Christmas. She goes, oh, you do listen to me. Apparently, she'd been talking about how Dow Sushi was going to be a great idea for weeks. Chris, <laughs> I legitimately in the moment was like, oh, I just thought of this out of nowhere. I'm so fucking smart. <laughs> I'm a no, genius. You do this thing where you claim Id- others' ideas as your own. So- I'm like, well, if I heard that. And I'm in the room for it. Well, it's not. It's my idea. Yeah. So Brett Coleman is my the fav- my one of my favorite guests that we get because, you know, I'm not gonna if, when I'm learning about things related within football, it's from guys like Cover One, Prohaska, Turner, Greg Thompson, Aaron Quinn, and then there's also Brett. And then Brett, I want to say 2020, the way he edited his videos that he has on youtube is he'd start with a cocktail and then you see football explained so then you watch these cocktails get made and you just go i want that (laughs) and then you start off by having well i have all this stuff to make old fashions in manhattan's so I should and make then, a cocktail and watch this video. And then it just snowballs. And, and now we're we're sitting here. Ryan's already finished his lion's tail. You're yeah. I'm Good done stuff, with man. with my lion's tail and you're you're just sipping on it because it looks weird watching a gorilla hold a coop. <laughs> <laughs> we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here's a question. 2022 season, favorite podcast moments or podcast? Ryan, here's what I love. One of my favorite things has been getting to do the stadium shows with you. Those aren't done. Those are coming. You're one of the (laughs) few people, though, who I can turn to who understands just finance and business and the way things get done. Because he's educated? Well, not only that, but, like, like, I don't know. Like, for me personally, it was always, like, investigative reporting. I went to school for journalism. Investigative reporting was the piece of it that I liked. I liked digging into facts, figures. When the foot, well, when they announced the two sites and they go, we're we're debating these two, and they showed the maps. I immediately went to Google Maps and just looked at the number of houses. I go, I have to dig into this a little bit further. I like that. What I love is that you also do some of that just on your own. Yeah, and you also, you're a smart guy. So we got together over the stadium series, and we've had a lot of great shows. I love that we've gotten to do that together over the, over the years. I love that you've been a resource I can tap to do have those kind of conversations. I can't talk to fucking Chris. What does he know about finance? I love that I have a resource that I can bring in here who can drink with me and talk about this kind of stuff. So thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, thank I mean, being I, a part of this. you know, for you guys having me on, keeping me going, even, you know, Icy and I aren't doing the show this year and, um, Still doing the live shows. You know, it's always a blast when we're able to get together with, you know, Mario and Paul from Hashtag. And I know we joined Mario earlier this year at some <laughs> yeah. point with, with Rico from Bill's Fanatics and uh, Greg from Cover One. That was, you know, it's just great to be able to get together and collaborate with all the content creators. that are. I did here. like the fact that I was able to get fucking Greg Thompson fired up again. Yeah. And I'm showing people, I go, listen, he seems unflappable. He's not. For some <laughs> reason, I'm his Achilles heel. Because he's like, I know you're not an idiot, and yet, sometimes. Chris, favorite podcast moments of this year? Of this, God. How about Jack Down the Well? That was fun. <laughs> Sending our love down a well. Down that well! <laughs> I do like, uh, you know, we'll play a piece in a minute, but it was the... Right before this season began, we had I think we did Kyle in studio and Nate Geary in studio, and we were finishing Kyle's episode, and Nate showed up, and I think you were talking about uh, the, the ticket, the the practice situation, the, the ticket situation in uh, Rochester. And I like our unprofessionalism, the fact that we don't bring a like we tried, like we call ourselves a professionally produced podcast. There's no professionalism behind there. Uh, so the how, quality of the show from a listening perspective is the only professional thing about the show. <laughs> how about that Hamlin podcast? That's a tough one to do. A lot of our, our friends within the content creation community uh, didn't do a show that week because of the situation. And 
Well, I reached out to I reached out to a couple people who I trusted. I reached out to Brett Coleman and I reached out to Bruce Nolan. And I just said the I just kind of vouched. I go, listen. I think I'm like I see all these people bowing out, saying like, listen, out of out of respect for the situation, I don't think I have anything to say or anything to add. I don't think it's right to do a show this week. And I just kept thinking, I'm like, well, I think I do have something to say. I think I have something to add to this conversation. And I think that it's important. And I think we should do it. And I reached out to Ty Dunn, and he was just happy to have somebody to talk to about it because he, he had gotten close to the guy. Yeah. And so he was devastated. And I said, look, let's all come together and let's do something here. And Chris, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought that that could go disastrously. I go, this, this thing could fucking come off the rails because I didn't have a lot of time to prep. And it, a lot of it was just off the cuff. And I knew at some point I was going to cry. I knew at some point I was going to, I was just going to cry. And it, I don't know. That's probably if if the podcast were to end today, that might be the one show that I'm most proud of. It might be because it I don't know. I think it just underscores what we are in terms of like when I, like that. If it's too tough for them, it's it's just right for us. Yep. Hey, when everybody else is like, hey, I'm an analytics guy, and I don't think I have anything to add to this conversation. I think it's inappropriate. It's like, well, listen, we're not. Yeah. I'm not analytics guy. What I am is I'm football community guy. Right. Let me talk about this. And in doing so, like, like I was driving around all week, just like I'd randomly just tear up as I'm driving around, just thinking about all this. And I was like, I, if I don't get behind a microphone and get this out of my skull, it'll eat me alive. Yeah. So I got to get it out. The amount of feedback we got from that show was incredible. It was huge. And it, it'll it go down as probably one of the things, like like I said, if this podcast were to end today, I'll be most proud of that more than anything. Now, I know that because I went back in preparation for this show and listened to hours, hours of content. Just wondering exactly how we should celebrate hitting the... The like the quarter century, the, the half century mark, and I learned a few things. First of all, Chris, you used to be a much better second mic. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> no, you used to talk. It used to be sixty forty, and then it became like seventy thirty and eighty twenty, and now it's like Mike Partham had a great tweet where he was like, "Oh, I'm super pumped for uh, Chris's." Chris's contribution, content contributions tonight, and he he listened them all. It was yeah, no. Um, kinda, no, hell no, yeah. And then he, it's, well, part uh, of what's it from, from, uh, Major League? Who's the announcer? And he goes, that's why they call him the best color guy in the business. (laughs) (laughs) Well, part of this goes into when it comes to podcasting and finding your own voice. For those that have been around since the beginning, we all know that Drew sucked at this. Yep, and you didn't bring out. It might have taken a year and a half to two years for you to bring out the personality that you had when you met Craig and Travis Trelone. Yeah, at the bar. Well, there's a reason I. There's a reason I'm friends. Yeah, with you now. yeah, because you were a fucking dickhead <laughs> at a bar, and you like that. This guy's screaming drunk. Now, mind you, I'm that's nine. That's what double, we need here. I'm nine double vodka tonics deep. 
and they're talking about Jarius Bird at the table behind me, and they're like, oh, God. the Bills should extend him. And I was like, absolutely not. You let Jarius Bird walk. He's going to kill the – they were like, I can't believe we didn't do it. And I just explained all the way he would kill the 49er, uh, the Saints. Did he or did he not kill the Saints? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, my – I have found my voice on the show, which is – No com- voice. No. It's less is more. Chris. Uh, no, Chris. Yeah. You believe that. Ryan, do you agree with him that he makes for a good second mic? Let's go back to earlier in the show when you were like, well, I can't, I don't remember the guy's name. And I just went Mario Granada. Like, boom. <laughs> Very quick. I think Chris does a good job of being timely with his responses. I do think sometimes How about, maybe you guys need to communicate ahead of time. Because I think sometimes you're looking for something from him. And he's just like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're, you're looking for. How about, how about last week? Second round, second round wide receivers. Yeah, well, one of them's dead. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think you need to let him know ahead of time a little bit more when it's like, Chris, hey, I'm going to ask you this. I need something more from you than just a yeah or a no. That's fair. But I yeah. think I, I think I mean Chris does a good job of sounding off. I personally would like to hear more of Chris because I like Chris. I think he's good. He's you know he's good at what he How does. How about can we, do you want to let's keep going down the fourth wall? Yeah. Your text message? Oh, my God. Yes. I, so I'm going to pull up our text messages because sometimes Drew and I will. Sometimes. We'll res- we'll discuss things regarded to the show. And it was about you coming on this week. I literally and referred to she, it. As- this was Saturday at 3 o'clock. Who should we try to get? If it was between Ryan and Iman, they're probably our best bets on short notice. <laughs> and I said, Lacel, we need a lib to even out my Rittenhouse comments from last week. <laughs> See, this is it. Like, this is the shit. I was like, I'm, I'm going to ask him. And then I go, should I ask Iman this week? I don't know. I don't know what to do. I feel like I want to talk to Ryan about this stuff. I don't know how the direction the show could take. Well, it's 500, Ryan. And then I text him, and he goes, absolutely, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. But also, absurd reason. Insert here. And that's like. But also, it's. What our- do you say to that? What's your response to that? I. Be a human. <laughs> I well, I think uh, you know. A, it's uh, hilarious. I, I think it's funny. <laughs> I also think uh, that just as a, a pot shot back, that we did mention the higher education, and yes, you know, if if that makes me more He's wor- sw- worldly in my political views, and then so be it. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> Not only that, but also, but also, this is five hundred. Brian has seen every iteration that's, that's of our show, point. and that's it. From my apartment in the kitchen to. That. Setting up in the back room in my apartment to now this that we have, just wild. I've been I've been like a day one OG. I know with you guys. Cheers. So and I bring you beer. You bring you brought beer. Well, you brought juice boxes, but they're all right. They're all right. They're all right, guys. You'll get that in a little bit. You'll understand at the top of the next show. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we recorded them out of order. Ooh, sue me. <laughs> sue me. We're a drinking podcast. I'll see you yeah. now. All right, that Lion's Tale is pretty good. 
Now I'm just gonna pour whiskey. In I think this. it was it was it was better it was better than you deserved with as much crap as crap as you talk about Chris and his uh, cocktail making. Oh, one hundred percent. No, that was a very good cocktail. I I think that you and Cam, when we do our no no, we talk about y'all two com- content over the summer. Him and Cam are going to do cocktail like confrontations. <laughs> That's kind of what we're going to call them. And then is it going to be like um like verses? Yeah, with it's cocktail gonna, making. It's going to be like verses with cocktail making. Is he? Do we? Well, me and Iman do uh, tailgate videos. There we talk about bar. We talk about barbecue science and what's yeah. that, Chris? I was I was going to say like uh, doing a. a <laughs> I like that you're pouring just, <laughs> just straight whiskey. He just into, likes the look of the a, glass now. Into a coupe. Well, I'm already committed to this ridiculous glass. <laughs> the no, if uh, we do a like a cocktail off with Cam, you know. Oh, he's gonna whip your ass the first time. You're gonna have to. You are literally gonna have to Miyagi this thing. Yeah, well, uh, I guarantee you, he's he he is gonna cobra kai your ass, and you're gonna have to climb up from the bottom. I mean, hey, I'm I learn from I'm I I find myself to be fairly new at this cocktail creation shit. I mean, I've only been in in it for about two years. Well, so so let's something you just hit on. You were talking earlier about how my draft takes. Like, you're like, oh, no, this guy, Ryan. Ryan, how many years' worth of draft shows have we done together? We've created a lot of content oh, together, yeah, God, yeah. you and I. We've done a lot of draft shows. How many times have I derailed or almost derailed one of the shows you've been involved with? Every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's always right there under the surface. The only, it's, I, get, I get from Gary, Mario, Paul, like, after those shows, almost every single time, it's... It's a good thing you're such a good quarterback at these things because Drew really tried to take us really tried to take us off the rails on that one. And it's not just like a singular moment in those shows. It's a oh, couple no. of times, especially those draft shows cuz those are some marathon acts. The thir- Chris alluded to it, the third round where I flipped my tablet during a show yeah. and just put my head down. Yeah, over the like, Singletary pick. I was like, "Damn, Singletary isn't ooh. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. I'm just going to put my head down. How about the COVID year? The hashtag sports live stream. Epineza. Their fan base still hasn't forgiven me for destroying that show. They still bring it up in that live. They brought it up on the show that we did with Greg and Rico. Yeah. They brought it up. Listen, I don't mind being a villain. It's okay. It's like I've seen. It's it's like that Rick and Morty thing. I've seen what makes you people cheer. I'm not. You boo me all you want. I know what you're happy about. But I'll say this: like my take on Epinesa, true or false? Like it might have been spot on. Yeah, I think it was spot on. <laughs> it's spot on. It's played Looking out there. Looking back. Looking back, I, and that, and the fact that, like, my other claims to fame are the fact that I called the Browns a bunch of jerk offs for drafting Corey Coleman in the first round. I called him Tavon Austin 2.0. And I made fun of a couple other guys who I was right about. But I'll say this, and Chris has the montage ready time has not been kind <laughs> to the Drew Gear draft evaluation. Well, not only that, but the thing I like most about Reggie Ragland is just the imposing brand of defense he plays. But I'll tell you what, going back to the Bills and Reggie Ragland, this pick is all, right now, this draft is shaping up to be a defensive home run for the Bills. Can I get one of mine out here? I would love to hear. 
One of the most glaring weaknesses of our roster heading into training camp was a distinct lack of speed at the linebacker position. So with the top linebacker in the entire draft, entire draft, sitting there, able to be taken by the Buffalo Bills, we drafted a cornerback. Okay, so you, you're holding the candle for Reuben Foster, and I'm about to blow that candle out. I mean, this pick out of every pick the Bills made in this draft was one of the more mass selections. I mean, Teron Johnson. But if the Bills draft Josh Allen, I would grab a beer for each hand and launch myself backwards down the nearest flight of stairs. And then they flash the trade across the bottom of the screen. The Bills logo pops up. I don't say a word. In fact, I bit the back of my hand in order to avoid saying anything. My fingers are crossed, palms sweaty. They announce the pick is in, and Josh fucking Allen's name pops up on the screen. And literally as that's happening, the waiter is coming back with a fresh rocks glass full of white rum. I take it, and his eyes get real big because I take that rocks glass and I crush it, and I hand it back to him and ask him for two more. Told him two more and keep them coming. I just empty it straight into my skull. And then I lean back, I stare at the ceiling, and realize that you can't throw anything in here, Drew. Don't do it. Don't you do it. We don't need him to play hero ball. The question is, can he do it when the time comes? I honestly believe that he's being, he should be groomed to be the quarterback of the future. I, I mean, I, I just don't think he's going to get there. I, I, I think if we start him this season like fans are clamoring for, he's going to be an abject failure. He will be J.P. Lawsman 2.0. I, I, I got screaming drunk, screaming drunk the night we drafted him. That's pretty much what happened with Edmonds this year. In all honesty, I was so just despondent over the pick of Josh Allen that his people kept approaching me as I'm sitting at the bar trying to tell me that we traded up for this great linebacker prospect and I should cheer up, forgetting that I'm sitting there with a bottle of rum. <laughs> they were all subjected to a brand of verbal abuse that would make Mel Gibson blush. It wasn't until the morning, after talking to my fiancé, that I realized two things. A, I have to stop stress drinking during the draft. And B, what a solid move this trade-up for Edmonds was by the Buffalo Bills. There we go. <laughs> There's all your draft takes. I hated Josh Allen. I hated the pick. I hated the thought of it. And I go, you better not start that dickhead his first year. <laughs> Ryan, out of all those takes, which one of them is aged the worst? I mean, I, I think knee-jerk reaction has to be the Reggie Ragland one, right? Like, the guy never played a down for Buffalo. He, like, he didn't make it out of training camp that year. Here's a, here's a better one. Which one of those draft years? Like, first of all, now you all know why we bring in sports writers. And we bring in other podcasts. why we do a panel at the draft show and not just me and Drew. We do draft pundits <laughs> all off-season long. Because if you trust me to prognosticate draft picks, it's going to go poorly. Ugh. Out of all the years we covered, Ryan, 2016 to 2022, which Bills draft class was the worst, in your opinion? Oh, man. 
I mean, 2016. 2016 was pretty bad. Lawson, Adolphus, what are you talking about? It was a home run. It was off the bus starters. <laughs> off the bus starters, according to Doug Whaley. Yeah, I mean that that's that was pretty bad. Who who knew that Lawson would be back, right? And <gasps> who knew now as an impact player, I, it, it just took him six years in leaving. <laughs> does anyone know what happened to Adolphus Washington when he left Buffalo? What would be great if he was the manager of a Six Flags? <laughs> that would be. <laughs> that would be the best. Not like a. Not I like bet a, you change that weapons policy. Not like a, a site manager, but like a. There we go. There's there's the class. Cardale Jones. Oh my God! I forgot. Oh, that was the Cardale Jones and Jonathan Williams class. Tell me that that's the worst draft. That's the worst draft. Colby Listenby. He hasn't played it, never remember played. Remember him? No, I do remember him. In fact, in, in fact, I was in touch with him this offseason because he was going to come here to Buffalo and try to, like, film. Like, he, he's gotten into film. I was going to say, he's, he's got, because I he's think he did a book guy. at one point, and now he's, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, well, listen, if you want a place to come record a show from, if you want to get on our show, we'll help you promote whatever you're doing. Because I remember being excited about him, and then he just could never get over that injury. Like, yeah, he just kept getting hurt every Well, dude, you shattered year. your pelvis. Yeah. And it never healed properly. And then Kavon Seymour, that everyone was like, oh, no, he could be great at court. Not fuck you. Christian Benford said, hold my beer. I'm the best sixth-round draft pick Card- quarterback Cardale ever. Jones. Cardale Jones. They called him Shotgun. The man with a right. Tw- no, 12-gauge. 12-gauge. 12-gauge, yeah. 12-gauge. Jesus Christ. It's, listen, it's bad. It's bad. My history of draft prognostication is terrible. It's why we've pivoted, and it's how we've adapted over the years. You know what hasn't adapted? I'm not a professional. And I never will be. Uh, 2016. Listening back to that draft show, you scolded me for eating into the microphone and I told you to go to hell. I still do that. I still don't talk into the mic properly. No, you don't. Ryan, being a listener, what, like... What's the most distracting, bothersome part of our podcast? Like, what do we do that rubs you raw? Like, Chris is it's, like, we need to have a more professional podcast. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm with, not going to do it. So the the thing, like, I think it's it's you. You get better as the show goes on, but you become far more distracting as the show goes on. Like, it's like the ambient sound. It's like glasses <laughs> clinking. Like you're struggling to open beers. Like you can tell when you're drinking glass bottles versus cans because you're struggling with the with the you know with the uh, the opener, the bottle openers. Just a lot of a lot of ham fisting. The more you drink, there's a lot of chaos going on around you. Uh, and then you're just still like talking into the mic as you go. Is is that? But are you surprised? Like having watched? Oh, no, no. I mean, I know you well enough to not be surprised by any of that. It's just, and one could argue that it adds to the atmosphere of we're hanging out in a bar together, <laughs> talking football. And Drew is one could mightily also, struggling with the bottle opener in this moment. But, in time. but one could also argue, why can't this guy just open a beer? I mean, you're. <laughs> Two, four, six. I mean, you're, yeah, I mean, yeah. You're the and hardest. I, you're the hardest drinking podcast. I mean, I, no, no. Here's this. No, you're right because we still execute this podcast like a couple drunk teenagers. I mean, to your defense, if Chris was half the producer he claims he is, he'd open your beers for you. So that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could have done that back in the, the day. Do you see that he just flattened his hair? 
He flattened his hair to put his headphones on. Well, he doesn't want to mess him up. Mess it up. Well, I don't. No, I don't want to have flat hair. <laughs> you want to have bounce. bounce. That's why I blow dry it, dude. Volume. Yeah, who's bounce volume? Yeah, a blow dryer. I literally just rub my hair with a towel and then it's dry. Now here's the thing: we are the Pettiest Bills podcast, and I think everybody would agree that we've lived up to that. I mean, I've been it talking to my wife. She's like, "You're like a silverback met Don Rickles, and they had a baby." <laughs> like the other day, I'm walking around the living room. Playing with the kids. I'm on all fours. I'm just kind of milling around the living room, playing with the kids. And she looks at me and she goes, doesn't that hurt? I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, doesn't that hurt your hands? You walk around the living room on your knuckles when you're playing with the kids. And I thought about it and I'm like, well, when I put my hands flat on the floor, it puts pressure on my wrist. I don't like that. I like having my knuckles on the floor because then I can move quickly yeah. and I can get up and I can explode off of them. And then I'm like, oh, no. I can explode off of them. I just look like a gorilla <laughs> milling around yeah. the house. You explode off of them in case a predator comes near your young and you need to you need to protect them. So I'm like, I'm like a gorilla combined with Don Rickles. I'm not the best person either. Going back and listening to old audio to try to prepare for this show, like I'm back in the 2016 draft show we did with Doug Rolosky. And this this quote hit my ears. We're waiting. It's the second, third round. We're waiting for the Bills to pick. I go, who is this dusty asshole shuffling out here to the podium? He looks like the Crypt Keeper and Sam Elliott hit a baby. Look at that stupid mustache. And then there's like a moment of silence. Like, oh, damn. That's Larry Zonka. <laughs> oh, Larry, you look like shit. He does look like shit. And here's the worst part. That's who me and Chris are. Like, like King Kong and Godzilla before us. Anytime you dump an ape and this fucking lizard over here into the same room together for too long, like, there's a lot of collateral damage. We get together to talk sports, and a lot of people catch strays. A lot of innocent bystanders get hurt <laughs> in the process of us recording these podcasts. Chris. Why don't you hit them with some B-roll? Maurice Jones-Drew just came out to announce Jacksonville's pick. He looks like Gary Coleman. That suit looked like it was. That <laughs> suit looks like it was his dad's suit that he put on. What? Who dressed that man? It he, just goes. Who by dressed that man before he left? MJD. Did nobody tell him that he looked like he was wearing his dad's clothes? He looked like he was as tall as the podium. Barely. <laughs> did you guys see him on the NFL? Did you see him on the NFL Network the other day when no. he was at Cal? No. He was talking to, um, or not Cal, when he was at UC. LA with Miles Jack. He's talking to Miles Jack and they did the whole back on campus thing like Deion Sanders went back to Florida State and so MJD goes back to uh, where do you go? Where do you go? Yeah, it was UCLA. Mm-hmm. He goes back to <laughs> he goes back to UCLA and he's talking to this kid and he's eating like a taco. <laughs> he's eating a taco as he's doing the interview. I swear to God, you can look it up. YouTube it. He's eating a taco and he's just letting the kid talking, and the cameraman backs up on him, and you see MJD just wave his hand like, keep talking, keep talking, and he just keeps shoving it in, <laughs> keep shoving it in. He's gone. He's let himself go, Drew. <laughs> they all have. Dante Culpepper stepped up to the podium. He looked like he was 400 pounds. He, uh-huh. Doug, Doug, he looked like you ate somebody else. I've never 
dated somebody that where it didn't end violently. <laughs> Just <laughs> trashing each other on the way out. I still think one of the pettiest things you've ever said or ever texted me was that you were driving and you were like, oh, I see the guy. I see the guy that my ex-wife cheated on me with. He's spinning a sign for Coles. Oh, yeah. He was standing at um, whatever the shop, the shopping center is off a of mile strip. And he was wearing his army getup because he was in the army like to try to get him. Oh, point. I remember yeah. when he threatened you. And I was just like, I don't care what you were. Yeah. I'll take your hands. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah. Oh, look. You seen Casino. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. You're spinning a sign <laughs> standing at the corner of the Coles and Marshalls shopping center. I guess you can't get a real job because you're a fucking criminal. Chris texted me and he was like, I was so happy I had to go in and buy a shirt. He's like, yeah. I had to go to Coles and shop just because that guy was out there spinning a sign. I agree. A lot of people are gonna a lot of people are gonna be mad at you for that, Drew. Just letting you know he's not a very They're popular always man mad at me. I know you don't care about popularity. But remember, his contract expires in his age twenty nine year. So this is still a young player. So yeah, I, I agree. An extra year makes a lot of sense for Mitch Morris. Well, okay. if I cared about popularity, I would have fixed my teeth in fifth grade. I can't wait till you get to this point. <laughs> And watching you with Jack go into a school for an open house. I saw a picture of his teacher from the yearbook last year. And I was like, this ain't going to be good. Met the teacher. Dude, I kid you not. She's a loser. She's a loser. <laughs> yeah, dude. No. Is one of those things where you want to pull, pull the kid aside and be like, pay attention. This is a loser. And apparently in the cold weather, there's uh, five games for Josh Allen. Yeah. The numbers have not been good. Aren't great. So I, may, I take it back what I said earlier. The team actually has a pretty good record in the cold. The Bills yeah. have a pretty good record in the cold, as do the Patriots. Yeah. Just going back a couple of years, they're good in the cold. However, under 31 degrees, this is a credit to Jermaine Wiggins. He's been all over this. Under 31 degrees, which it will be. It seemed like one. Right. Josh Allen in five games is three and two, completes 50% of his passes. Yikes. And averages 166 yards per game passing and has more interceptions than touchdowns. That is Gresham Queef on WEEI <laughs> in Boston. Jermaine Wiggins has more arrests than catches. <laughs> he doesn't get to talk to me. You don't get to tell, oh, he's been all over this. Yeah, I bet he has. <laughs> but he's a, go talk to your parole officer. All right, dirtbag. This this is stupidity. That Chris, this isn't even punditry. I don't know what to call it. At this point, as part of the blue collar, quote unquote, not draft junkie crowd, I can confidently say that I would rather watch the movie Silver Lining Playbook than another minute of scouting reports, film review. And, and for anybody who's at home listening to this, going, "Oh, I like that movie." That movie is fucking terrible. Okay, anybody who says anything different, your taste can't be trusted. What? The premise of this bullshit movie, your wife cheats on you, uh, your dad loses all of his money betting on the Eagles, which he deserves for betting on the Eagles, and the only way to make everything in life better is with a crappy dance competition? It's breaking two electric boogaloo for sad sacks with cheesesteaks in it. That's what that movie is. It's It stinks on ice. So I grabbed as many tickets as I could because as a season ticket holder I got in the day before. 
Oh, Nate, you get your ass in here. See, now Nate Geary just got here, and he called me a scumbag. Now I've explained it, and, <laughs> and you guys know why I did this. It's because people selling them on Craigslist for five to ten dollars, scalping free tickets. You should be punched in the kidneys. You should be punched in the kidneys. The true hero. I'm giving them away. <laughs> I want people with children to take them to the game. So I just heard you talking about the redistribution of wealth in here. And as a capitalist, <laughs> I've got to tell you, I'm very disappointed in you. I'm in here listening to socialist Drew talk about how he's going to buy them and, and dis, just disseminate them to the public for no char- for no no charge whatsoever. Sounds a lot like communism, Drew. There we go. Communist Drew! Ryan. Maybe you should have, guys should have had Geary on this show if you wanted a liberal balance to. We got to give him time through his personal life. Well, here, here, <laughs> here's here's the thing, Ryan. Out of everything you just heard, what made you laugh the hardest? Oh God, it had to be the diatribe about the silver linings <laughs> electric boogaloo somehow getting thrown in there. Like you're the only podcaster <laughs> I listen to that would work on an electric boogaloo reference into a drunken tirade. Oh my God. I'll tell you what, I love being called a communist. Yeah. What? Because you're the opposite of a communist. <laughs> what? What are we talking about? The redistribution. Nate, Nate knows how to push the buttons. Yeah. I love it. Here's a philosophical debate for you now, Ryan. We have you in here in studio. You look at Chris and I. Are we just guys who are fans of comedy and purists, like just appreciative of jokes in any form? Or is it that we're bad people, and because we're bad people, we're supremely comfortable in punching down just everything and everyone? I don't. I don't think it's fair to call you bad people. I don't think you punch down because you guys are pretty low. So <laughs> well, that's it. I like. <laughs> we're not I don't know how far down you can punch. <laughs> No, but I think you're equal opportunity punchers. You're like, you'll, you'll hit anybody. You don't care. You, if there's you a don't joke discriminate. to be made, I'm going to make it. Yeah, if anything, you guys are equal opportunity. Uh, you know, you're advocates for uh, for all, all to be equal. And you guys enjoy comedy and understand that sometimes a joke is just a joke and we don't need to necessarily dissect the underlying reason that you're comfortable making that joke. Like It's, it's a fucking joke. Let's get <laughs> it's, over it. It's a joke. Yeah. It'll make some people laugh when they hear it on their drive to work. And if it doesn't make at least a few people go, uh, is it really a joke? Well, that's it. If it doesn't, <laughs> if it doesn't hit you, and at least five people who heard it go, yikes, that's inappropriate. <laughs> then was it really funny? Right. What or was it even worth saying? Chris, ask Bob Everly. Bob Everly has the evidence to cancel us, <laughs> and that's your fault. But also, sorry, I, love I it. just wasn't thinking. No, but what I love is this is what it's about. It's one of those things where comedy's comedy. Yeah, you're just hey, Mark Norman, comedy. Yeah, he just said some terrible things and then just hey, comedy. Yeah, I'll be at Helium tomorrow night for uh, Stavros Halkius. <laughs> He's in town There's, for the weekend. I will be there. Here's what I love: is that like. We get to do this, and no one can take this from me. You guys might get mad. I've watched. I've watched our. I've watched our Twitter following ebb and flow, off of some of the <laughs> jokes I've made, off of some not not only the post game day it. tweets, but also things I say on the podcast. But I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What I know is the people who listen listen. 
The people who don't, don't. And if I offend you or if I like, oh, I'm mad about this thing you said, come talk to me. Come actually talk to me, though. Don't just angry tweet me. Come talk to me. I bet you you'll realize that I'm more like you than you realize. And we're actually kind of on the same page. It's just I'm trying to get a laugh. I heard something that I thought was funny and I said it. Or I had a funny thought and I was like, well, <laughs> here we go. Pull the ripcord. They're not all going to be winners. Nope. <laughs> They're not all. Chris. 300 gets you to the Hall of Fame. Some bombs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some bombs on this podcast. <laughs> my favorite was my favorite. Okay. Uh, our friends from Canada came down and they confronted me. Not confronted me, but came up to me at a tailgate and they, they go, we heard your comments on a recent podcast about liberals. And I go, well, that was Chris. <laughs> He's just trying to get a rise out of some people. And he goes, we're driving here. And he goes, we realize like that's us. And we were dying laughing. <laughs> that's comedy. Yeah. That's what comedy is. It's what we're shooting for. It's like, look, can we not laugh about this while we talk about sports? Because if we can't, then what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? Exactly. What is this podcast? Chris, do you agree? That's a that's kind of the backbone of what we are. Yeah. <laughs> Another solid addition from Chris. Another solid addition from Chris. <laughs> so 500 shows in. And here's the question, guys, before we close the show. How many more before we win the Super Bowl? And what happens if they do? Like, if the, if the Bills win a Super Bowl next year, what, it's 40-ish more shows? And then we what? I think, I think you personally are going to have a very difficult decision to make if and when the Bills win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because this for you has been a cathartic escape from the realities of being a Bills fan and the misery that comes with that over the last two decades. Yeah, I get a place to go away from my wife and kids where I can just scream. And we've learned... And drink beer and rant and rave. And we've we've learned looking around the NFL, like, shit, the Dolphins still do it. How, how many arguments you can win with, yeah, well, we won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and how how justified the journey becomes as soon as a team wins the Super Bowl. So I mean, the question is, I would pose to you guys is, I mean, I feel like Chris is going to do this as long as he can because he's passionate about producing and just doing stuff like this. Very true. From Drew's standpoint, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, is it one last extravaganza show and then you pack it in as a weekly podcast and become a we'll do some shows here and there we'll guest on some other people's stuff we'll do the draft shows but what's what's like what's the point if i can diffuse you every time you start to get worked up with a yeah well they won the super bowl if like that's Bill- a, like I would I would honestly and, I, and this isn't my show but those of you listening <laughs> at home that's a great question those of you listening at home I would like you to call in AKA tweet 
your Tweet responses at Rock Power what, Report. What becomes of not not what you hope becomes of what what will become of Drew and the Rock Power Report as it your, is if the Bills win the Super Bowl. Your guess is what happens with this podcast. I will tell you what happens if the Bills win the Super Bowl from the recap show of Buffalo winning the Super Bowl until the last show before we preview week one of the next season, Drew will be doing this podcast every week and we'll have video of it by then. And I'll be doing it shirtless the entire time. To let everyone know, I'm standing here. Champions can don't have to wear a shirt. I'm washing some whiskey around in this coop. Yeah, it's a coop. S- stupid fucking glass <laughs> that Chris handed me. But I'm just watching it roll around in here. I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking to myself, what would happen? Like, I know I've already figured out, like in my head, what the Super Bowl night would look like. Whether it's downtown, whether it's at my house, wherever it is, I'm with my father. I cry. Hopefully. Yeah. A lot. No, I just cry a lot. Yeah. I just cry a lot. I drink a bunch. We have a great time, but I cry a lot. So so is the, is the drinking, and I, I want to get a picture of this because I have my own, you know, I think we've, we've all envisioned <laughs> this, right? Like we've all envisioned yeah. ourselves in that situation. As, yep. as we watch Kansas City, Philadelphia, I think we'll all be in that position going, you know, what am I doing if it's the Bills? Yeah. Right. Some of you are going to be hell-bent on, I'm going to be in the stadium, right? And some of you are hell-bent on, I'm going to be in the city that the Super Bowl's in. I don't care if I can even get in the stadium, I'm going to go. I actually had a conversation with some of my coworkers, and we were talking about, I, I was listening to a podcast, and they were reading the police blotter from the night Philadelphia won it, and just talking about all the, all the people who got arrested. But also, like they were like, imagine how stupid you sound, being like, your kids have to find out that their father died because he climbed a light pole and cracked his skull the night the paid, the night the Phillies, uh, the fucking Eagles finally won a fucking Super Bowl. But I feel like I feel like getting arrested on the night your your hometown team wins the Super Bowl is like getting pulled over. Uh, for speeding on the thruway, like True. how fast do you have but to be if going? You die to- <laughs> the night that <laughs> yeah. your team wins the Super Bowl, and now your wife has to explain it to your children when they're ten. They're like, oh yeah, the reason Dad's not around is because the Eagles won the Super Bowl and he fell off a light pole. First of all, that'll never be me. I also just look at this and I think to myself, like, yeah, I'll be an animal. I'll be uncontrollable. But will you be? Will, so like that? That's right. So will you? Will the drinking commence during the game? Or will the drinking not commence until the game is until in hand and it's over? over. Because over. for me, I don't Nervous. plan on drinking during the game because I want to. I, I I want to absorb every moment Chris, that that we, game uh, provides. Chris, if we were ever to hoist a Lombardi, I just like I said, I'm just I'm I'm literally holding this stupid glass you gave me, and I'm washing this whiskey around, and I'm just watching it, and I'm thinking, what would I do? What's going to happen? Like, will we want to keep doing this? Will we still have gas for this? Yeah, we will. we win one. Here's what I know. <coughs> it, this, like, this Bills team has taken a lot. It's taken a lot from all of us. If we were to win one, yes, it would be the, it would be the pinnacle of sports achievement in the city of Buffalo. 
It's not enough for me yet. Yeah, I think we're not done. I feel like Jordan Belfort when you're like, I'm not leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. I, th- I, th- I think you should do, you would need to do a, at least a couple more shows because. Oh, we would you do would a few more go, years worth of shows because if you win back to back. You would need to be able them. to. There's nothing the Patriots fans can ever say to us. And then I could carpet bomb New England. Well, and then, and then the intro could be, and season ticket holder for the Super Bowl champion, Buffalo Bills. Let's talk about Drew this. Gear. <laughs> As we close the show, Chris. Yeah, it is one thing Ryan brings up to me all the time. I want I want him to talk about it on the podcast in front of our listeners. He loves the fact that I still call myself season ticket holder Drew Gear. I accentuated it at the top <laughs> of the show. Explain to them why you think that's funny. So I think I think initially it started with I'm a schmuck doing a podcast. <laughs> why should you listen to me? Because I'm a Bill season ticket holder. So it it added clout. When and, no one was Bill's podcasting, right? Somebody had to get in there, right? And and it's like, well, who who are you? Well, I'm Bill, season ticket holder Drew Gear. Oh, okay. Well, he's a season ticket holder. He's gotta know stuff, right? Like he's worth <laughs> listening to because he's he's a relatable everyman who has season tickets to the Bills. And then it was like, oh, he must be hardcore fan because he's a season ticket holder, and this team's fucking awful. So you know, he's he's in it, man. He's and now now I kind of feel like. You can't help but introduce yourself. It's almost like it rolls we talk, off we talk about these sports so media easily. personalities like Colin, like uh, like um, Cowherd. These guys who become like caricatures of sports media. Like Skip Bayless is a perfect example, right? Like he's just a he's just a caricature. Nobody acts like that in real life. And Drew is like, yeah, Bill season ticket holder Drew Gear. Like Chris puts it into the into the intro. So Drew doesn't have to say it because it's in the intro. But you still say it when you introduce yourself, right? Like, it's it's in the intro. Like, every time Chris puts it in, Bill's season ticket holder, Drew Gear. And then you go, welcome, everybody. I'm Bill's season ticket holder, Drew Gear. In case you didn't catch it in the recording right before I did the, the welcome, everybody. Which, by the way, for those of you who listen to the show forever, I would encourage all of you, if you haven't watched a video of Drew doing the welcome, everybody, Chris, the next time you do it, you need to get we the did lead it into it. Two weeks ago. Okay. We did a, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. I did. No, the, I didn't see it on Twitter. I, I, he does, he does like a really, like, I, it's like a breathing exercise. Yeah. Before. What I did. Welcome everybody. Because I used to, well, I'm not going to get into two, it, but I used to sing. Two weeks ago. Thing. <laughs> two also, weeks like ago, a, I okay. did, I, we recorded a show through OBS. Tonight was at least the first half hour got recorded. Uh, but I did it. I recorded through OBS and I did I cut everything down to 60 seconds. Okay. And it was this is the Rockpile report in 60 seconds. So it starts with the him doing the breathing exercises. Oh, so you got the breathing for, exercises. I did that. Okay, so gotcha, you gotcha. do the the intro and then it's just clips and then it's like you know, I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger and this has been your Rockpile report. So there's everything in between, like no context. Got it. Did you get? Did you did you in, include that he's a season ticket holder in that? <laughs> is thing that the important? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that I I, I, I think know. that was when we started podcasting. I think my whole thing with that being, oh, you should just say you're a season ticket holder, so people know that you poured your hard-earned yeah, money exactly. into right. the like team. It, it adds it adds credibility yeah. as a startup podcast, and and now it's just it's. 
And now it's gratuitous. Now you're either leaning into the shtick or you legitimately don't know how to stop. Well, if you ask Greg. Like, well, I just don't know how to stop. <laughs> if you ask. I just don't know how to stop. Well, if you ask Greg Thompson, it's not a shtick. Boy, yeah. <laughs> guys. It is not a shtick. Guys, I love that we've made it here. I love that we're talking about potential Super Bowls. <sighs> we have to wait and see what 2023 is going to bring. I'm depressed, but I'm not. I guess it's just we're going to see what we have. If we have it, if it ever happens, this podcast will be fucking. It's like, uh, what's that Chappelle skit? Dial on. I breathe hot fire. <laughs> I breathe. It, you'll, this thing will be napalm. If, if, if we if, if the Bills get to a Super Bowl and, and, you know, again, I just for what it's worth for you guys. You guys have been the longest running, consistent content creators out there. Yeah, we overtook Bills Bills and Beers. And I, what's that? We overtook Bills and Beers. Yeah, and I I seriously, you know, for those of you who listen, obviously it's it's kind of beating a dead horse. But I try to on any show that I jump into where I can give you guys the, the opportunity to. It's all the credit in the world because it is not easy to come week in and week out and produce content. And like you said, this team has taken a ton from us. It's taken a lot of time, and I think. At the end of the day, it's given more than it's taken because of the tailgates and because of the but, but it's an extra gear to do this yes. on a day to day on a weekly basis. You know, and you've got guys out there that, that do a really good job of breaking down film and and you know all that kind of stuff. But to find content when there's lack of content, that's difficult to do. I mean, you guys have been the OGs and sticking around. You deserve all the credit in the world, and you know it's an honor to have been here on your 500th. Um, Ryan, I love you. So, yep. so for, for what that's worth, but at the same time, you know, if there's a Bills Super Bowl, um, it would be really cool to do some type of a live watch party. Chris, opportunity. Chris, I mean, we'll have got, to open up got, our OnlyFans account. You know, you've got the bar, right? In the in the you know we can we can rig it up with some cameras. OnlyFans. Yeah, we got to pack this. We have to get our uh, OnlyFans. We can we can live stream podcast listeners. Maybe you know. Well, what we have to do is we have to pack my house with podcast listeners. Yeah, because these are the people I want to celebrate that shit yeah. with. I don't give a fuck about. It. Everyone's like, oh no, I want to be downtown where everyone can see me and I can take a bunch of selfies. I don't, with I don't give a fuck downtown. about you. Yeah. What I care about is being with the people that I care about. Yeah. That's all I would want. And I can't wait to see if it happens. Chris, next 500 shows, if they don't win one before our thousandth, maybe we fire this thing into the sun. Can I ruin your night as you as you close the show here? Sure. Tage Thompson, out with an injury, will not return. Oh, great. Great! You shat on me with Sabres news? Guys, <laughs> that sounds about right for Chris. Wet blanket? Dude, look at his stupid hair. And that, that ah, I love you. You've put up with me for eight years, longer than that. But eight <laughs> years for a, longer than that. Eight than years, that. eight years when it comes to a podcast. Eight years when it comes to being a friend. You and me didn't longer become, than that. You and me didn't become real friends until after the divorce. Yep. Well, the podcast, the I podcast, because my last. Six months of marriage. Yep, was included podcasting. So, yeah, Chris, there you, we are. You know, you love a guy when you threaten to commit assault on another person's <laughs> like behalf. That deserves it. So, I love you, brother. 
All right, that's cool. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I don't have human <laughs> feelings. Emotions. Make Chris uncomfortable. Hundred percent. Guys, thank you for showing up tonight. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. That's Ryan Lacell, and this has been our 500th episode. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For hundred and thirty more, you'll be a swole member, and for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May tenth. See Home Club for details.